Hi, this is Nick Webb, and welcome to another episode of The Nick Webb Show. Well, this may be the most controversial show so far in my series. So here we go. I think it's time that we acknowledge that CX, customer experience, is dead. Oh my God, did you just say that? But Nick, you wrote two best-selling books on customer experience. You teach customer experience. You live this as part of your professional consulting and speaking world. So how could it be dead? Well, it is. Look, there are so many people that have customer experience executive in their title, or they have it as the name of their podcast, or it's on their brochure, and it's so embedded within their organizational strategy that the term Consumer or customer experience has become ubiquitous. It's also become meaningless. Okay, so here's what I mean. For years, we have been telling organizations to make their customers day. In fact, there was a popular program about 25, 30 years ago called FISH. It was a training program, and the essence of the training program was to go to your customer-facing stakeholders, and we would tell them to make the customer's day. That was it. That was the essence of these programs. Make your customer's day. But wait a minute. Who's making their day? And why should they care about making your customer's day? What's in it for them? And as a result of that, these initiatives virtually always fail. We as individuals live in an experiential ecosystem. We deliver experiences to our partner, to our friends, to our family, to our employer, to our clients, to everyone that we are able to influence. We are in the business of influencing humanity. I mean, that's what we do after all. So that when we pigeonhole experience to the customer, we make it fractional, we make it non-meaningful, and ultimately, it fails. You cannot have a sustainable, successful improvement in customer or client or patient satisfaction without first addressing the entire ecosystem. I mean, let's just take some common sense examples. The other day, my wife and I went to a nice restaurant for our date night dinner. We got there and the restaurant was exquisite. The parking was beautiful. The building as we approached it was beautiful. As we walked in, it was amazing. The hostess was fun and friendly and very engaging. Then we were directed to our table, and I don't know exactly what was up, but we had a super sad, maybe angry server. The food was great, the environment was great, the everything was great, but the experience was a disaster. Why? Because the unhappy server wanted to share the pain. Since I'm really curious about these things, I ask, Is everything okay? And she immediately said, well, my boyfriend and I just broke up. And it was a tough breakup. And we just had our last episode of arguments in the parking lot. And then she began to really tell me the whole story. And it was, in fact, sad. Her 
situation was really, really sad. And then she said, but the real problem was, is that when I come to work, my safe place, my place where I want to be supported and loved, I was approached the minute I walked in the door by my angry manager that seems to hate his employees. So when we have unhappy employees, especially when we're involved in hiring and delivering those bad experiences, they deliver bad experiences to our customer. Unhappy employees deliver unhappy customer experiences No matter how many times you put up posters and put them in training programs, they're not going to get better until you make their life better. But it's more than that. We have to make sure that our leaders and managers are happier. And we also have to make sure that our vendors and our community and everybody that we serve is happy. Now, I know that sounds like a tall order. And in some ways, I guess it is. But to suggest this concept, this outdated idiocy, forgive me for such strong language, that we can make people's day just by telling the people that come to work to make our customers day. It just doesn't work. I mean, I've researched this deeply. I've looked at 6,000 companies. I've poured through mountains of research in writing my books on the topic. And it just doesn't work. So I think maybe now, in 2024, Maybe now is the time we begin the eulogy of customer experiences, death. You served us for a while, kind of, but ultimately, it was an immature and naive idea that we managers and leaders and business owners would walk in and tell our our employees to make our customers day. It just, you know, when you really think about it, of course it didn't work. All right, so we know that customer experience is dead. Long live human experience innovation. Now, there's a lot of people, including some large consulting firms, bouncing around the term HX. It's the new CX, if you ask me. And if we talk just about human experience, where we take a look at the ecosystem of all the people that we serve, that we influence, there is a missing molecule there. And that molecule is innovation. Now, since these are short podcasts, I'm going to try to give you the abbreviated high-density definition here. So, the best thing to do is to take a look at the way in which we engage everybody that we influence. And we have to create these as separate initiatives. And the two big initiatives are around the way in which we improve the human experience of our employees and our leaders and managers, of course. And then, once we understand the things that they hate across their journey... We can then use the third molecule of this definition, which is innovation. We take insights about what employees hate. We take insights about what employees love. We call this hate-love personification. And then we transmute those insights into actionable innovations that fix the problem. So here's, I guess, the most important point I'd like to make. And that is, customer experience... Employee experience is part of the holistic aspect of human experience innovation, which is an innovation activity. Customer satisfaction and customer experience is an innovation activity. If you do it fractionally as a so-called CX initiative, it's incomplete, it's broken, and it's never optimized. 
If you go to the next level and call it human experience, you're onto something. It's good news. You're heading in the right direction. But if you don't add the third molecule of innovation, you're not going to take meaningful insights and transmute those into actionable improvements in the quality of life for employees, leaders, managers, and customers. And ultimately, it fails. That's why innovation is the critical part of this. And okay, so let's take a look at maybe how we define innovation. Innovation is the process of gaining accurate, actionable insights about our markets and our customers and our organization. And then we turn those insights into innovations, novel innovations that improve the value that we deliver to customers and employees. That's what innovation really is. It's the same definition of customer experience. The problem with customer experience is it's fractional. It doesn't include the experience of the employee. Look, as we transition into 2024 and beyond, we're not just competing for customers anymore. We're competing for mission-critical talent that are productive, that are engaged, that want to share our vision of a mission. Without that, in a time of increased cost and shrinking economies and all the other external challenges we have, we don't have a bloody chance in hell of being able to do the things that we want to do. Yes, customer experience is dead. But the good news is we have a much better toolbox. This toolbox allows us to do something that I think is really important. And this is a really important point I'd like to make in this short podcast today. And that is when you think about it, pull the lens back, take a more global overview of not just your enterprise, the people that work in there and the people that buy products and services from you. Pull it back even farther. And think about your life, why you're here, what we're supposed to be doing. And I think you begin to realize that if there is a good definition of the meaning of life, it's our ability and our commitment to positively impacting other people. Think about the responsibility we have as leaders, managers, and business owners. The responsibility we have is to be caregivers for the people that show up every day to serve our important mission. They're under our care. Our work has to be a safe place, a place that's, that's supportive, that is part of their own life evolution. I mean, forgive me for sounding so philosophical, but the truth of the matter is, is that human, we humans are philosophical. We're, we're spiritual beings in a material world. We have the opportunity to take the business mechanics of human experience innovation and positively impact so many lives. I think that's beautiful. And to me, at least in my world, and in the world of my amazing clients, that's important. Okay, well, let's talk about math here for a minute. If you want to go beyond the humanistic part, organizations that significantly improve the quality of work life for their employees significantly improve customer satisfaction. Organizations that have high levels of customer satisfactions are far more profitable and they enjoy the highest degree of revenue growth and they are always at the top of the food chain when it comes to competitive positioning. These organizations that treat their employees great and create a great culture of happiness and joy, those organizations are the innovators. 
Because to innovate means to take risks. And to take risks, it's got to be a safe place. So in other words, if you want to increase profitability, if you want to increase revenue growth, if you want to be able to attract and keep mission-critical talent, if you want to be able to attract and retain really, really important customers, if you want those customers to be promoters of your organization, if you want to be able to avoid the digital defection, deflection of bad reviews, all of that comes not from customer experience. It's way too incomplete. It comes from human experience innovation. We also have to get far better insights. We have to ignore what I love to call the survey industrial complex. What a cool industry that is. You put together these forms and these surveys, and then you tell your customer they matter. The truth of the matter is they don't. One of the largest survey organizations in the world sends out a dollar bill. I'm not making this up. They send a dollar bill out to somebody who just bought a Brigatti to encourage them <laughs> to fill out a survey that's going to take them about an hour. Even at 15 minutes, my sense is if you're driving a Mercedes or a Porsche or a Brigatti, you're probably not interested in their dollar bill. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Why would they? And this is one of the biggest companies in the consumer insight space. What? Look, the only way to understand your customer or your employee is through the heavy lifting of team hackathons, listening sessions, and some of the other forms that we use and recommend. Surveys can be fine as a benchmark or as a data set, but to have it as the only data point as you're trying to invent better experiences for your employees and your customers, it's just really lame. <laughs> Forgive the colloquial dialogue here, but it is lame. Okay, there you go. Here I am. Now I know that I'm going to get attacked. I know that people are going to disagree with this. I know that people are going to think that this uh, whole concept of CX being dead is evil and it tampers with the, the industry. In fact, there's another industry, the customer experience uh, industrial complex. There's a whole industry around getting mediocre, fractional, non-actionable insights from consumers. There's a whole industry around training people to be, and let me just use a great term for this, they're teaching people to suck less. And I don't know, that's not my philosophy in my business. I don't want to just suck less. I want to be the best I can. I want to deliver exquisite value and experiences for my employees. I don't want to just suck less, but that's the training programs that I'm seeing out there. I've been awarded one of the top global guru experts in customer service for, I think, nine years in a row now. And I'm very, very connected and close to this community. And so when I say customer experience is dead, I don't want to disrespect the smart people that are out there doing good work. I do want to add that little caveat. But I would like to encourage you to ponder the fact that there's a whole new body of research. There's a whole new toolbox of systems and tools and processes that are fun and easy to use that have far better results. In fact, when we use collaborative ideation in an organization powered by ESNs and other tools, we're able to increase returns on customer experience by as much as 60%. This isn't just a theory or a concept. It's a proven best practice. 
All right. I'm at my 15 minute mark here. I just want to say thanks again for listening to my podcast. You know, I want to continue to do this. These are incredibly time consuming. And so I need the support of my community to help promote my podcast so I can have impact in a broader reach. So please subscribe to my podcast and share the podcast if you think it's valuable and means something. That would be really, really helpful for me. My goal is to provide you fresh, novel, actionable insights that you're not hearing elsewhere based on fresh, great research that is really going to give you an advantage. My dream for this podcast is that my listeners will listen to the podcast and apply what I have to say immediately in their organization to help them in their role and to help their enterprise and ultimately their customers. And I'll work really, really hard to do that. I put a lot of love into these, and I just hope that I'm providing some value to you. Thanks again so much for listening. Until next time.